to episode 114 of the Ninja oh. Mountain Podcast. Oh my goodness, what? <laughs> Why is that so loud all of a sudden? What did you do? I didn't do nothing. He's just speaking with authority. Yeah. Wow. I must have... I'm it didn't sorry. seem that much louder to me. Did, did, you did I just rock your world, thing? Drew? Yes, like something <laughs> stirred me from my slumber. I thought it was wow. that episode 114 was so incredible. Oh no, maybe I played with my volume control accidentally, but I don't know what happened. I'm just, okay, I'm, I'm cutting loose with the rich baritone and you just can't take it. No, I can't. I'm. Wow. Alright, uh, sorry about that. I, was I, that I, 114, that's double 57. <laughs> 57 <laughs> twice? Great Scott. I'm not even going to edit this out. This is all staying in the intro. This is gold. <laughs> So, this is what our listeners have come to expect. This is true. Minimal <laughs> production ready. values. Minimal production values. You know, this is a trauma movie right now. The podcast for artists and by artists. Look, I'm not even reframing. I'm just going forward, man, like nothing happened. Ninja Mountain is a loose collective of fantasy sci-fi artists who like to talk about the art and business of freelance illustration. Ninja Mountain is a proud member of the Visual Artist Podcast Network. And on the panel this week, we have Drew Baker. Hi, I'm Drew at DrewBaker.com. Drew, Drew Baker, the easily amazed. Eric Lofgren. This is Eric at EricLofgren.net. We love him. He's Canadian. And Patrick McAvoy. I'm Patrick McAvoy, and I'm all up in Megaflowgraphics.com. And I'm Jeremy <laughs> McHugh. the kids say. <laughs> all up in there. That's right. And my grill. <laughs> And I am Jeremy McHugh, and I can be found at McHughStudios.com. And this is pretty much the all-testosterone episode of Ninja Mountain, because we are sans Sokar. I did just uh, exchange did some emails with... Oh, poor Sokar. No, I, I, I did just exchange some emails with her a day or two ago, and she seems to be fine. So I want to assure all of our listeners that she didn't actually end up dying. Yeah. Despite the last episode. Yeah, this isn't going to be a very special episode of Ninja Mountain. You know, this is going to be a... <laughs> Sokar retrospective? Yeah, Sokar <laughs> And we'll play that soulful music in the background, some piano. You know, Aww. really soul, really, really slow, you know? We can't do the ben Ken Burns effect on audio, though. That wouldn't... No, if it was a Ken Burns effect, we'd have, like, these soft fades... Yeah, you know a lot of soft fades, but um, I did just uh, pick up her book in the uh, bookstore the other day. <laughs> I thought you were going to say in the discount bin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's not there yet. It was on the real Ouch. shelf with the real books. Oh, it's not uh, there yet. Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Maybe we better edit this. No, no, this is. She no, will chuckle at this, you know. It really, it, it does look wonderful. Everybody should, uh, everybody should find it and steal it from their local bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> we recommend long coats, long coats, very bulky things. Yeah, yeah you don't. Yeah. Or ni or nineteen nineties uh, uh, parachute pants. Yeah, and make sure you hunch as you walk out the door, so they can only give an approximate on your height. We could introduce and more hoodie and sunglasses by, by saying you should donate it to your local library. There you yeah. go. Oh, see, there you go. There, Drew is the heart and soul of the Ninja Mountain podcast, right there, <laughs> keeping us. <laughs> He's also the brains and the good looks. This is really 
<laughs> He's just carrying us along. <laughs> that makes you all my patsies? Is that the point? <laughs> oh, I have to meet you on our Canadian group. <laughs> oh, man. We are just a bunch of albatrosses about your neck, Drew. <laughs> We're bringing you down. <laughs> We're just trying to keep you from achieving just flight. Being around you. <laughs> oh, man. So what are you guys working on? Just, we can start with that. What are you guys working on? Eric, what are you working on? I am working on lots of... Uh, I've got lots of clients on me right now. Uh, well, not here, under me. But I've work, I'm working for... Um, Doing lots of interiors. I've been doing some uh, cover work, which is kind of nice. Uh, some color interiors, which is always nice. I seem to have all but given up on the card market these days. But I'm not really disappointed about it. But uh, I, am, I would like to get in uh, with uh, doing the World of Warcraft. So I'm working on a portfolio uh, to that end. I'm always working on my uh, Wizards of the Coast portfolio, too. Always that in the back of my mind. Uh, yeah. Keeping busy, uh, have had some success with my license artwork uh, that I've been doing. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's been going well. Wait, wait. What's oh, this? I, actually, what's I should. This? What's that? What is? You said your license artwork is that you then licensing your artwork being licensed, or are you working on licensed yes. properties? Or, uh, no, no, no. Doing uh, just uh, licensing my existing work that I've already done. You know, where I own the copyrights. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. Is this through your own site or through Illo Deli or? I Illo Deli is no longer going. Oh, I don't know if anybody knows that or not. I did not know that. They had to pack it up, but I was there for a while. I did have some success through there too. But uh, I'm doing it primarily through uh, AirOffering.net. You can find the the link at the bottom of the page, and it takes you to a big, huge archive of, of artwork that I've done throughout the years. Interesting. And it's all reason to be priced too. So. Yeah. Well, it's always <laughs> nice to get get paid for something you've already done instead of needing to do more work. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the downsides of doing so much contract work is that the publishers, well, the the card game publishers anyway, like uh, end up owning so much of the rights that you can't relicense it. You can't reuse it. Yeah. Well, it's. It, I, I know, Jeremy, you were sort of on the spear front on this quite a bit where, you know, let's just, do the publishers always need the rights? I think it was you anyway that was always talking about that. It really resonated with me that, no, they don't always. They don't need every right under the sun, you know, granted. Yeah. And at least maybe if they do want a full copyright, they'd have it for a year, limit it to a year or even two years or whatever. That can pay off. I mean, they're saying, oh, yeah, I own this. Yeah. And uh, it works out well. I know a lot of small publishers back in the, the D20 boom when I was doing RPG interiors, a lot of those small publishers who would talk to me didn't even know what their contract meant, didn't know <laughs> what yeah. work for hire meant, but it was yeah. in their boilerplate contract. So, Yeah, I, I ended right. up yeah. And doing unfortunately, most of them, well, I'm just going to say quickly that most uh, mm-hmm. uh, freelance and con- you know, contractors, they don't know what they're signing. You know, they, they really haven't uh, enough experience to understand what the contract language is. Yeah. yeah. No, so I, I ended up guild handbook. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I ended up making a lot of uh, changes to uh, contracts as I got more into that uh, when I was still into that. Uh, if it wasn't a big established uh, 
company of some kind, I would always say, okay, you can have exclusive rights for a year, and then it all reverts to me. Mm-hmm. So I do actually have a lot of rights to old pictures that I wouldn't want to show to anybody anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there is that, too. Yeah. There, yeah. Uh, that's a thing. That's I, a good reason to put a lot of effort into even the smaller uh, commissions sometimes. <laughs> well, the thing is that sometimes the, the work that we're doing is so specific to a particular intellectual property yeah. that it doesn't have any legs outside of that particular product. And, and it's mm-hmm. not that I didn't put effort into it, it's that I sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding on now. <laughs> oh no, he's just clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I'll vouch for him. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> he, de- he definitely tried hard. <laughs> I'd recommend that McAvoy guy to anybody. Well, you know, within reason. But yeah. <laughs> So I wonder if I should make a... a a phone, a phone name, a pseudonym, to license some of the old art that I don't actually want associated with mine. Oh, you there you go. Try. Why not? What, yeah. what name would you choose, man? Norm de Stylus. Yeah, why don't you share that name here? <laughs> hey, that could be a good participation thing with the listeners. Come up with a new Norm de Plume for Drew Baker. Yeah. He was young. He needed the money. <laughs> You know, it was an art film. You know. It's not porn stuff, is it? <laughs> that was the that was the uh, that was the punchline to uh, uh, Andrew Dice Clay joke. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah, wait, he said, "Little boy blue, hey, he needed the money." <laughs> uh, <laughs> wah, wah. Sorry, I, I have to admit, I, I actually saw an Andrew Dice Clay show on TV once. You poor man. <laughs> It stuck with me in a really weird way. <laughs> you probably set the entirety oh, of Ford Fairlane. Oh. What's that? So, yeah, that's what I'm up to these, these days, right? Ah. Nice. How about yourself, Who's Patrick? Next? What are you doing? Doing, uh, gosh, uh, many things. I'm, I'm working on a comic series I've been working on for a long time and in my spare time and really bogging down on it unfortunately uh, uh, and uh, got another one possibly in the works so yay like I need more but actually uh, that could be some pretty big news so I'll let everybody know when that comes along uh, I'm uh, I'm doing my regular uh, sort of day job doing multimedia work uh, I was probably doing about 20 to 30 hours a week on that. So that's nice to get a steady income. Mm. Uh, yeah, lots of lots of little uh, uh, jobs for museums and uh, multimedia education, that sort of thing. Uh, let's see. What have I done that was been interesting lately? Yeah, just yeah, the usual commissions and, and little illustration jobs here and there. Uh, oh, I just got done doing a, a bunch of... Uh, drawings of a cute little monkey and a zookeeper chasing him around for something. You know, it's just all random stuff. Uh, and that was more in a cartoony style. Yeah. Um, well, what else? I got a... I'm, I guess I'm doing some pictures for uh, Dragon Magazine and that's going to come out in a couple months. Um, yeah. Boy... I guess I guess all the usual. Nothing nothing's really changed, but it's it's a good um, a good uh, lesson in always keep uh, 
keep churning, you know, keep, keep your ear to the ground and uh, you'll get a lot of work eventually as an illustrator, mm-hmm. but you really have to take a lot of various things as they come along. Um, yeah, and of course, uh, still teaching uh, a couple of students. I'm going to expand that one of these days, but uh, I like doing that. That's been a lot of fun. That is cool. I'll have to pick your brain awesome. about about the teaching. I've been asked about that a couple of times. It's it's yeah. really uh, rewarding. I really enjoy doing it. Yeah. When I was young, it was clear there was no way that would have worked out, but I've mellowed <laughs> a lot over the years. Because you're such an angry person. Really. Yeah, exactly. You know? I can't yeah. see you having mellowed from anything. You're just so... Zen-like. <laughs> no, when I was in art school, I couldn't even put with, uh, put up with the other students' excuses. If I'd been a teacher, it would have been. <laughs> I heard you once killed a man. <laughs> once killed a man? Is that what you said? Killed a man. Oh. Although, I, I could, admittedly, that could have been a rumor. <laughs> and it might have been about Bob Ross. <laughs> and it probably wasn't a man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So what are you what are you working on, Drew? Well, the stuff that feels like work is all the convention appearance and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, gotta make plans and deal with logistics for uh, Comic Con and New York Comic Con and uh, what else? I'm gonna try to do Star Wars Celebration this year. Oh, cool! Um, since I have Star Warsy stuff that came out earlier in the year and. Oh, you got into Comic Con. Now, I, I heard Comic Con had a real. Uh, it was much more difficult for pros to get into this year. They sort of were saying, wait, 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 and then all of a sudden, okay, today's the day. And mm-hmm. anybody who didn't jump on it that day didn't get a pro registration. Yeah. Uh, I've heard. I think I've heard mm-hmm. things like that. I had to uh, reconfirm my pro status and in a. Uh, you know, Xerox of a credits page, that sort of thing, to say, mm-hmm. yes, I have been working, or at least I'm going to bother forging something. <laughs> um, oh, so yeah. maybe, maybe that bought me some extra time because I had to do that, but I don't know. I don't know. So no problems, though. Yeah, I, I just keep hearing people uh, had a lot of problems this year. I, <laughs> I personally didn't, didn't end up signing up for it because uh, yeah. I don't have anything coming out. But okay, well, that's yeah. good to hear. No, I wonder I if anyone else... Trouble. And I got a pass, a coupon for a pass, email or mailed to me. If anyone needs a four-day pass to Comic Con, ooh, oh, cool. that's yeah. gonna be a popular. You're gonna regret having said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a these people emailing me. I don't know them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if a, a pass to Comic Con will trump my anti-crazy zone. <laughs> oh, they're gonna! You're gonna find that there are people coming out. You know, you got family you didn't even know you had. Yeah. <laughs> I am your long lost brother. <laughs> My long lost brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, you're gonna get a lot of. Hey, remember me? We did that thing <laughs> together. And, and you said if there was any time I could ever give you a, a pass to something, you'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got it for as of now, anyway. There you oh, go. And I will be doing a signing at the Delray booth. I just got an email about on Friday, July 13th from 11 a.m. to noon. Nice. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. So, that's cool. Uh, 
So wow, that's the stuff breaking, that feels like breaking news, right? Breaking there. news, yeah. Breaking news. My, my art director just emailed me that they were having a signing with Eric Fry, the author for the Essential Guide to Warfare, and would be delighted if I could join in. So, why not? Very nice. Yeah. And I've been, I don't know, reevaluating what mm-hmm. I want to do and should start doing new things. I need to, like, Eric is, is building his portfolio. It's been too long since I've done some portfolio pieces or stretched my legs that way. And I left Spectrum Live thinking, I really need to do a whole new portfolio. Uh, I have since become less ambitious, and I'm thinking, I should start with just three new portfolio pieces <laughs> and see where it goes from there. But <laughs> Yep. Small steps at the beginning, right? Yeah. And I'm doing a... Yeah, so I have some opportunities to, to experiment a bit, and we'll see where things go. That's cool. Awesome. See, what am I doing right now? Right now, I'm right now I'm noodling here at a uh, I got a shadow run assignment, and uh, ba da ba da I've got another dragon dice painting to do, and I've got a seven page story that I'm still working at. Oh, that's and, been a pretty steady gig for you, the dragon dice. Yeah, yeah. They they had come to me. Um, well, I had, I met them at Gen Con. Uh, at this point, it's been I guess it's been a couple. It's been a year and a half, couple of years now. Yeah, and um, they'd seen mm-hmm. my work, and it, the fellow named uh, Cliff approached me, said I should bring my stuff over to their table. So naturally, I did so. And after the show, they contacted me to do the artwork for their upcoming product line. Cool. So they hadn't bought new stuff in ten years. So that was it was it was pretty exciting. And uh, there's you know they were initially I think a little nervous because they haven't hired an artist in so long. Mm-hmm. But um, so far they've been doing great, and I've having a good time working with them. So yeah. they it were continues. also nervous because of that rumor about you having killed a man. Yeah, there is that. There yeah. is that. Some some uh, rumors that they don't. You know, they, they never go away. <laughs> Just like the statute of limitations. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy McHugh won't. Oh, maybe I, 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 I shot a man just for snoring. I heard he killed a man. <laughs> threw him off the balcony in the Embassy Suites at Gen Con. He killed him with a stapler. Don't even when Johnny ask. Cash, when Johnny Cash starts singing songs about you, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> but uh, oh, I, mean, I, I, I would like to talk about the pilgrimage I took with... Uh, and uh, Drew, you were you were part of this very same pilgrimage. Oh, was I, it? This was the uh, trip down <laughs> to uh, Allentown. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that, Jeremy? Oh, you were this with me in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I carry you. I carry a photo of you in my pocket. Aww. Aww. That's so creepy. It's got a, like a little red X over it. <laughs> yeah, sucks, but... He cut out the faces of everyone else around me. <laughs> don't don't be creeped out by it or anything. Don't be creeped out by that. Now he, he cut your picture out of that and he's pasted it over all the pictures of him and his wife and his whole house. <laughs> My wife just said she's feeling jealous. She just doesn't understand what we have, Drew. She can never understand. She can't. Neither she doesn't can want to. <laughs> But uh, yes, Allentown uh, at the Edge was an amazing show. An amazing show. I got to stand mm. within a um, nose distance of some Frazetta paintings. They didn't have any security guards, nice. you know, whacking us about the knees with batons or anything for getting that close. So it was nice. The uh, I got to see um, a lot of Wyeth, 
some line, you know, line decker pile, a lot of the golden age guys all through to today. And, um, wow, that's spectacular. It really is an amazing show. And it gives you a nice uh, historical context for the artwork. So it's not just, it's not as though you're walking through an art show at, uh, say, uh, Comic Con or, or Gen Con, for say, there's context. There's a, you know, each placard explains something where the artwork fits within the spectrum of uh, the discussion. And uh, it was very interesting. It was very interesting. I got very to, nice. uh, I met a, a, met a few folk, and I, I knew that you'd probably hate me forever if I didn't say hello to Mr. Steranko, who was there in his trademark white uh, jacket. <laughs> awesome. Isn't he amazing? He is a nice guy. He is a nice guy. Um, James Gurney was on hand. You know, he was uh, vamping for the cameras. He, uh, he had a top hat, I believe, that he would occasionally put on a little monocle. I think the man's just a little bit steampunk. He's just a little steampunk. <laughs> Though he might not admit to it. But uh, I, th that evening afterwards, I had a, um, a conversation with uh, one of my art heroes, uh, Greg Hildebrandt. We oh, had, uh, I had cornered him at our... We, we sat together and... Um, over dessert, and I asked him some of the things. What was it like, and you know, what what was the impetus for him to start working on a canvas, you know, with his twin brother? And uh, it just uh, it just occurred to me as I tried working with my twin, and uh, that wasn't happening. <laughs> that wasn't happening. And uh, once the broken bottle wounds were healed, they decided. <laughs> yeah, you know, but you know what? The two of them complemented each other very well. Um, 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 intellectually, you know, and and one was the the driver, the other one was the brakes, and they 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 balanced each other, you know, in their right. working life. And um, I know was it was it true that I remember reading that Greg would start on one side and Tim would start on the other, and they'd work towards the middle on some of the bigger ones. Well, as far as I asked him about, you know, how did you work together? And it seemed to me that, uh, you know, I asked him, did you guys pretty much play to your individual strengths? You know, you knew that one of you was better at this particular thing than the other, so you would just swap and handle that task. And I didn't ask for specifics, but I would guess if I were working with my twin brother, if I was better at painting gold, then, you know, then he would mm -hmm. I'd naturally say, well, I'll do this section of the painting where there's a lot of gold filigree, and you do that section. And right. I suspect they uh, they probably leapfrogged quite a bit, depending yeah. on what their strengths were. Um, he he did verify that quote when I asked about what's the difference between an illustrator and a fine artist. He said mm -hmm. that well, he and his brother pretty much quipped that uh, the illustrator sits while the fine artist stands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was indeed a quote attributable to them. That's so. a very good one. Very good. But I got to ask him a little bit about their, their movie poster work. And this is before... They got their first opportunity to do a movie poster before uh, the calendars started in the 1970s. Um, but what, I know that... Uh, well, Greg at that time was uh, very much wanting to be a fine artist, a gallery-represented artist. And it was not happening uh, at that time. And frustration, you know, he his twin brother... Well, at that time, his twin brother was trying hard to get these commissions for because Valentin had mm -hmm. put out a call. And that's that's Tim, by the yes, way. So Tim. people who don't know, this is Greg and Tim Hildebrandt, also known as the Brothers Hildebrandt, was sort of their marketing back in the 70s. And they were, 
uh, not everybody listening probably knows about them, but they all should. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, the, uh, yeah I, that's why I didn't quite preface this. I should have, but... Yeah, but, um, just everybody, we, we, all, we all love the Hildebrands, and they did seminal uh, illustrations for the, uh, the Lord of the Rings. But the funny the thing day. was, is it so accomplishes anyway, less just, work. just as a bit of uh, background yeah, there. But it wasn't actually something Greg wanted to do initially. He was, he was you know, in, in rage, he went to his brother and said, oh, let's just do these calendars, you know, let's just do it. Because he'd just been rejected one too many <laughs> times by galleries. And, of course, that, wanted to be, that went on to be some of their most famous work. But yeah. um, I, I asked about movie posters, and one of the things that he came to, the, the first time they approached an art director, <coughs> pardon me, they had um, shown samples, they were, they were given the opportunity to do a cover for a film, and they did sketches on the train home, and they, they belted the painting out overnight, and came back the next day, the art director was just shaking his head on, uh, with in awe of their speed. And the, that... That poster was not used. The producer had nixed it, but they never got the artwork back. It was actually they were going to do the cover, the uh, the poster to Young Frankenstein. <laughs> that never came to be. Um, wow. Four years later, they were working in the studio when they got a phone call from the same art director who finally had a job for them, and it was this little science fiction film that Star needed Wars. a rush. Pr- <laughs> that needed a rush. Uh, poster overnight and they'd already proven that they could handle these types of things and uh, there it was they, uh, they did Star Wars that famous painting for Star Wars and that was yeah. a 36 hour painting wow I had no idea it was that quick oh yeah I, I did read a, a thing in one of their it might have been in Tim's book uh, where they uh, were told by the art director yeah, they didn't actually get any scrap for the uh you know, they didn't get any uh, reference from the movie for the, the actual actors, um, mm-hmm. ju- just for the spaceships and things like that and costumes. <laughs> uh, but the uh, art director apparently said, "Well, you know, no one, it, nobody knows who these people are, and no one's really going to care. So just make them look <laughs> like anything." <laughs> so that's why they they don't look anything like the actual actors on that poster. <laughs> Yeah, so if you had another question behind that movie when it first came out, what's that? Well, I was just saying there wasn't a lot of Uh-oh. confidence behind that movie when it first came out. No, what? no, it was, it was one of the earliest films for Lucas, wasn't it? Oh yeah, he was just I fresh off his, his little second, uh, yeah, his second movie. THX one one three eight, I believe, was mm. no American. Graffiti. Oh no, wait, it would have been his third movie, THX, yeah. and then. Uh, and then American Graffiti, which actually did really well, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. was a, a top movie that year. So. Which is why I yeah. suppose he was able, he was allowed to do this film, but yeah. uh, no yeah. one knew what was coming. <laughs> no. Except maybe George Lucas. I think he very wisely held on to the merchandising rights. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that interesting was interesting. Uh, Hildebrandt's. That was my magic evening there. Great. Chatting with Greg. It was very. He was a he was a nice guy. Very much a gentleman. I also ran into a lot of old friends. He's from doing Oxcon. a lot of. Uh, hmm? he, uh, I'm following him on Facebook. All his stuff is primarily like pinup uh, work, uh, real classy, nice work. Yeah, he's been doing pinup work. He's actually yeah. also doing a lot of nose cone art for uh, yeah, people who collect classic air, you know, aircraft. But he, a lot of his pinup stuff, he's incorporating the vehicles and such that are just beautifully rendered. Mm. Yeah. No. 
Yeah, he's he's well he's well worth following on Facebook because he shows uh, the steps of his rendering from you know pencil through. He says, "Oh, here I am. You know, I've been working on about ten hours." Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, that is cool. The um, the next day, well, of course, Drew joined us that evening. You didn't get to see the show though, though did you? No, I didn't. Eh. I was hoping you wouldn't out me on that. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, you didn't. I, I, I saw Patrick and Jeannie Wiltshire at the hotel the next morning, so I figured, oh, look, they, they think I came. But now, now we've been outed. I'm well, sorry, Pat. I'm sorry, Jeannie. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, but you were there in support, so yep. that is cool. You did get to join us the next day at uh, the Brandywine Museum. Yep. Prof and uh, and yourself and I. And. Uh, that was a heck. Of, that's well, that is one heck of a museum. I'd never been. No, I hadn't either, and I, I thought that extra hour of driving of travel would deter me from ever making it back. So that's why I did that. Oh yeah, <laughs> Sunday. A lot of beautiful work, guys. So if you've ever get yourself down to Chadsford, was, that was New Jersey, right? It was right on the line, isn't it? No, uh, Chadsford, Pennsylvania. It is Pennsylvania. Yeah. Pardon me. Yep. A lot of a lot of pile, Wyeth, the usual suspects from the Brandywine. And I understand there's a there's a pile exhibit taking place at the Norman Rockwell Museum this week, and weekend. It's uh, which should be interesting. I hope to get to it at some point. Yeah, so, I know uh, several people stopped in that way, on their mm-hmm. ways home from Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, I did not. I just drove home. I was tired. <laughs> <laughs> you guys sit on the East Coast. That's where all the action is. Yeah, it's it's pretty spoiling. I hadn't realized how nice it was until Spectrum Live was in, in Kansas City, and I had to deal with getting out there. Oh, what travel? But I'm supposed to be able to drive anywhere in five hours. <laughs> it takes five hours just to cross Kansas, doesn't it? I mean, this is, <laughs> even if it's an hour and a half, it feels like five hours. I'm told. <laughs> it takes about just about five hours for me to get off this stupid island. Let's put it that way. Oh, really? Yeah. Traffic. Not only with the stupid ferry system and everything, it's well, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not too much. <laughs> but on the bright side, you'll be well. Pr- that's what you get for living on an island. Oh yeah, well, I didn't have much of a choice because I was, oh. you know, I was raised here. I wasn't born here, but raised here. But oh okay. That's for the uh, air quality retrospective. Well, look at the bright <laughs> side. You'll be you'll be relatively safe from the zombie horde. Out on that uh, island, you know. I hope so, but I don't know. I look at a lot of the people around here. Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> it's starting already. Oh man, <laughs> with so car. You know, actually, you know, moving on a bit, uh, Drew, you just got back from IMC, and I thought we we could grill you a little bit about your experiences there once again. Okay. Your positive experiences. My positive oh, experiences. <laughs> Sure, sure. No, it's great. Uh, and the, the teachers are smart. They're all really capable. Uh, and they're all really good teachers. I don't know. I've been there a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and at this point, so last year, it started to come clear that the, the weak link in, in my progress was me. You know, I hadn't made the decisions or uh, put forth the effort that I needed to be, to, to be getting further in my career. Uh, and then to come back this year, having not changed a whole lot, was was kind of disappointing. Because oh yes, it's still me. I'm still the the weak link. I'm still what's holding things up. 
Yeah, so that was that was one of my takeaways from it. But every year it's different. Uh, Braum was the guest this year. I hadn't met him before, and his presentation was a hoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any questions? Anything yeah, in particular? Well, well, what is it? What What are you addressing in your process? You say you're in your own way, but what if you feel confident about what do you think it is that you're you want to address? Ah, it's interesting that that you would ask it that way because it. It is a matter of my process, and well, and I and I talked with Pete Morbacher about this. That process isn't is very important in that uh, to change your results, you really have to change your process. So I don't know how I'm going to change my process yet. What I'm going hmm. to change, uh, I've got a couple of open months right now that I can try to make some decisions and make some progress, but I haven't. I don't have a course for that yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, you know I. I my schedule's kind of light, and I just sold a couple of paintings to Lucasfilm, so I've got some money and can take some time to figure out what I'm doing and do it. Oh, okay. That should be interesting to to follow along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, uh, wait a minute. Uh, or I'll just once. play video games. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> step back. Step back. What did you do for Lucasfilm? <laughs> oh, uh, the Essential Guide for Warfare. To Warfare. That <laughs> oh, I did for that was. Yeah, they that bought. was for Lucasfilm. Oh. Well, no, uh, part of the Star Wars freelancer contract is that Lucasfilm gets first refusal on original artwork. Neat. Uh, and so they bought a couple of my paintings oh. so far. See if they're interested in any of the others as I refine them. I had to do some digital editing on some of them and told them that they're not all ready yet. I want to finish them and send them to them. So they're getting a, a trickle once in a while. I'll send them a new mm-hmm. one and say, no thanks. <laughs> or, oh, yeah, we'll take that. Nifty. So. Nice gig if you can get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's fun and exciting. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. And it'll get me signing books at Comic-Con, and I'll go to Star Wars Celebration and maybe be able to sell the ones Lucasfilm didn't snatch up. We'll find out. Excellent. You know, when you talk about changing the process, it's kind of, that's where I was, at least in part, that's where I was a couple of years ago when I swapped medium, and I think that was kind of a big part of that. I think the change for me was maybe not so much um, the change of tools. I think it was a change in process yeah. for me in the end. And uh, it does shake you up. It does shake things up, and it does uh, make you very excited to work. Yeah. Yeah, and the... The lessons I learned the first couple of times I went to the IMC, right? This was my, my fifth time. And the, the first couple of years worth of lessons were easy to apply and, and quick to see results from. Mm-hmm. So it'll take, I expect, six, eight months before I can see if this year was worth it. But it's the first time I've, I've wondered, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have gone. But too late now. <laughs> Well, you know, it's kind of like um, you know, I, I've we, uh, the New Hampshire Creative Club has a, an annual juried show, and okay. we get mixed um, results in terms in terms of turnout, you know, from or participation. And I think what happens is a lot. Some folks point out that they really haven't done much in the course of the year that uh, they feel confident in submitting. You know, maybe they didn't get that cool project, they didn't get that opportunity to. Um, to do something that they consider noteworthy, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't they didn't do anything that um, they felt excited about. Yeah, and maybe maybe going year after year, you don't get you're not having enough time to really percolate 
on what you what you learned at the first event you know to grow with it maybe it could be it could be uh, maybe there, hmm. yeah yeah I don't know this, this Star Wars project was significant and uh-huh. I, I think it made a difference it was the first time I was ever really to to do a lot of painting for a job yeah but it was also something I went I took with me to the IMC last year right one of the pieces I already had to, to do sketches for I was furiously thumbnailing it all that week uh, so it's hard to say so maybe I don't attribute enough of its success to having gone to the class because I remember it from sort of predating I don't know I don't know learning and getting better is a something I don't know as much about as perhaps I should <laughs> how to get better yep well, Other than work, and, you know, I, I shy away from work whenever possible. Oh, of course, of course, don't we all? You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why we're professional artists. Yeah, huh? this is easy, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting that you're you're uh, taking a look at your process and your. Uh, uh, technique, which is something obviously I always need to look at, uh, inadequate as it is. But I've been more looking at my uh, my drawing and approach to uh, uh, how I how I create the subjects I'm creating lately. I don't know. That's a little amorphous. It's it's more like I'm I'm drawing thing. I'm trying to draw things differently. I'm trying to take different approaches to how I. Uh, uh, put together a scene, uh, you know, angles, uh, y- using be- better use of uh, perspective, uh, better use of, um, I don't know, uh, putting, putting characters into a different um, angle than I normally would, or uh, more, sort of, extraordinary, sort of. more, more extraordinary uses of, of the acting involved. Yeah. The acting or the the scene and setting the scene uh, and camera movement, camera placement is what it sounds like you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Composition. Composition, camera placement, uh, Yeah, just little things about is the character uh, rounded enough and and am I taking full advantage of of how, you know, particular folds are, particular um, uh, movements of the head or whatever, you know, am I really – Am I am I getting away from the fact that when we first learn how to draw, we're drawing things a little more flat, and we're drawing things more at at simple angles, and that can sort of follow us through even as we get more uh, accomplished in in being able to use perspective and being able to use uh, advanced anatomy. We've still got this little person in the back of our head who's just, you know, drawing on a sheet of paper in class. <laughs> yes. You know, in, in math class, he's drawing this little thing. Oh, this looks cool. And and I'm trying to get away from that little person wherever I can. If that I'm makes trying sense. to energize and, and <laughs> throw dy- more dynamism in your composition, I guess, really. I mean, that's what that's sort of what I do too. Is yeah, or, but not just so the composition. What you're doing. Not just the composition, though. Staying away from the easy angles and yeah. at using angles and and uh, 
and well, play some games and hits and things, uh, you know, and more, more exciting, you know, not even exciting as in Jack Kirby dynamic, you know, exciting as in, wow. No, no, just visual interest. Visual interest in your compositions. And I find I tend to, you know, pose my models in the simpler ways. And I'm trying, no, 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 get away from that. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That dragon drawing I sent you guys, as I was working on that, I tried every time uh, to do it, to take a, a more complex solution, right? A yeah. more difficult solution. Every time I habitually drew a line, I said, wait, 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 <laughs> and stopped and erased it and tried to figure out where it should really be or why I had, had, uh, had drawn it there and if it, if it could really stand up as a, a, a place for that line to be. And often it wasn't. Well, <laughs> I, it's weird. I've been, you know, I'm trying to draw an action-y scene, right? And I want things to be off balance. But it's very natural yeah. while I'm drawing to draw them in balance. Yeah. I end up, you know, putting, yeah, yeah. putting an arm out for balance, putting a, a leg or a wing or whatever out for balance. Uh, and it ends up being detrimental to the artwork, even though it, it feels natural and comfortable to do it. Well, you yeah. actually have a kind of a physical example of this. You know, I, I had trained um, martial arts for years, and one time we were playing out in the snow. And we were just trying to make diving catches for for football. You know, for the football guy, we were playing. We were just passing the ball, uh-huh. and we were just trying to make a diving catch. You know, land on your belly. Yeah. You know, catch the ball, land on the belly. And it oh. was safe to do because there's deep snow. You know, we we're just having fun. But I could not for the life. Every time I jumped out. I always caught the ball and landed in a roll. Yeah. I could not make myself land flat like you would see. <laughs> I just couldn't. Every time I, I went out and I made the catch, I always rolled. <laughs> I couldn't make myself do it. Yeah. And I think it's because you know there's a certain way to do things. You're looking for you know, a certain aesthetic. And I think that can be applied a little bit to what you're experiencing. You're, you're, you have a certain aesthetic and it's tough to break out of. Well, that. it's also comfort. Hmm? Comfort level, comfort zone, right? Yeah, it's difficult that. to yeah. break out of that. Yeah. Well, it's not like I was going to take injury if I didn't, you know, <laughs> roll out. You know, it, that's that's the thing. It was just, uh, I know it seems like a bit of a stretch, but it's, it's I just see a very strong parallel with what you're describing. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, and just, mm-hmm. it's funny what habits yeah. we form. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's uh, just just to get a little touchy feely. It's it's all of, in doing the drawing. It is all about uh, uh, a feeling of safety, <laughs> like uh-huh. you're not wanting to land yeah. on your stomach <laughs> when you're catching the ball. It's it's the same with uh, with us doing art. You know, we, we may instinctively not want to uh, hurt our pretty faces when we land. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think I, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe I'm taking too safe a route with certain things. You know, it's I, I choose like I'm doing a personal piece right now. It's very, you know, it's very different from my other stuff. It's it's a much more whimsical piece, but the lighting is rather dark, and uh, so it has a it has a bit of that narrative tension, if you will, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I I chose relatively, um, I think a relatively safe camera angle, but. I'm trying to get motion and other and through the lighting and through brush stroke, if that makes sense. I, I mm-hmm. like to give a sense of motion even to something that's pretty much fairly stationary. 
if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Try to put a little energy into the brush stroke where possible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But well, I'm, consider, I'm nowhere near uh, a petar, but I'm trying. <laughs> if you consider the, the piece that Drew is talking about here, mm. there, is a, there is a strong narrative. I mean, it, I would, it's very much, it really reminds me a lot of that, you know, that Frazetta drawing of the, the, master, the, the mammoth being attacked by all the saber-toothed haggers. Mm-hmm. You know that one? Mm. Yeah. It's a Frank Rosetta drawing. It's, you know, it's, you really want to try, because it's an action piece, and there is a bit of a narrative there, you sort of want to get everything all comfortable away, like what you were saying here. A little off balance here, just to give it that almost vertigo, and then you've got the, the whole composition on the angle, which is what I like to try and do a lot more of these days. So yeah, I mean, it's, it would have been easy to do this in almost like a you know triangular composition, but doing it this way, yeah, you, you get a sense of motion. You know, you, you feel the uh, use all the creatures to describe one flight path almost. If you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm trying to say there. Like you have made no, and it also gets a real sense of uh, yeah the right. You know, being lots up, of movement. Being up in the sky and looking down and being in motion yourself and the danger, like, oh, I could fall, yeah. you know, I, uh, it, it Well, it I guess what I'm trying to say is, it's, it's, yeah, it's not easy to really, it, it takes a lot of work to try and get these things, especially when you're doing a somewhat unconventional composition. Yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. It's, it takes a while, but it's worth it. I mean, the payoff is always going to be huge. Well, that's the hope. <laughs> oh, I, I, I can't wait to see this one done. Yeah. Oh, thanks very much. Well, hopefully in the next couple of weeks I'll make good progress on it. <laughs> a couple of years is the way it's been going historically. <laughs> oh, good grief. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I've got to have something good to show at Comic Con. The Ninja Mountain Podcast. We come within 50 feet of your ears, despite the restraining orders. Yeah. Oh, are you you, going? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Are you going this year, Eric? I make it this year, yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I'll have a table in the art show. Oh, wonderful. I'll be with a a publisher that I've been working with. I'm hoping to make the rounds. Oh, great. I look forward to meeting you. We'll have to have a ninja get-together. Yeah. But no one will be able to find us because we're a ninja. Yeah, well, that's... Yeah, we'll leave... <laughs> you know, special little signals all over the place. Yeah. Jeremy, you're going? Yeah. Could I'm, I'm going to be actually guesting with um, the Dragon Dice guys. My friends over Dragon Dice. Uh, SFR Incorporated. They have booth... Uh, what was it? 1225, okay. I think it was. I think they're across, they'll be across from uh, one of the booths of uh, Fantasy Flight Games. Yeah. I know you guys are never going to believe this, but I keep meeting people who say they listen to the show. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they don't. And it's a good sign when they don't punch you in the gut and walk away, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just saying, well, you know. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm back. You have returned to us. I had a strange episode there. Did. <laughs> I don't know what happened, man. We wouldn't even break. We didn't even break stride. We've just been chatting, and I've got you. Didn't back, even know so. you were gone. You guys are awesome. <laughs> you, you guys rule. You. you guys rule, and I drool. 
<laughs> and we totally missed you too while you were gone. We're thinking, whatever happened, we feel incomplete. Oh, oh don't don't lie to me. <laughs> it it hurts us both. <laughs> so, are you doing any conventions this year, Patrick? I'm doing. Well, I already did a one convention, and I may do one in the fall, but that would be about it. Yeah. I'm just not really convention-y this year. Oh, well, of course, I'm doing uh, the uh, uh, virtual convention, this uh, e- Ethercon, or Ethercon, oh, right. yeah. yeah. depending yeah. on how you pronounce it. It's, it's definitely Ether here in the U.S. I'm not sure I can afford the travel. <laughs> yes, Eric's going to be part of that too. That's great. What does it cost yeah. to, to uh, participate? What are they charging? Nothing. 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 It costs one. Uh, you have to do yeah. one wallpaper. Yes, you do a wallpaper as an artist. Wallpaper. And it's a. It looks like a really fun idea. It's sort of. It's a virtual gaming con. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, I mentioned it on the last episode, uh, and it's very uh, a new and different idea, and it just may just might work. Mm-hmm. It might be on to something. That, uh, Aaron Miller is going to be a part of it. Yep. Yeah. And yep. other people that we know. Uh, so yeah. Well, Patrick, so you're talking about Gen Con. Are you going to be able to do Gen Con this year? Oh Patrick? gosh, no, no, no. I haven't. I haven't been to Gen Con for five years now. Uh, it's really it's not it's, since it's, Monkey with a Gun. Exactly the the famous Monkey with a Gun con. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it made my old travel expenses with that monkey. Are you afraid uh, you have saturated that market with Monkey with a Gun? Yeah, not selling as much monkey as I used to, but uh, that's okay. He, Maybe we should do monkey playmats. Good plan. Someone actually wrote me the other day. Said, "Do I can I do a playmat for a particular uh, L5R thing?" And I yeah. had to say, "No, I <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to make them." And I really, if I did, you would email me about it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. if I, I, yeah, I, 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 I mentioned you. I said, you know, my friend Drew makes them, and uh, I wouldn't want to bother him to do just one. But thank you for asking. <laughs> I keep seeing uh, RK Post is doing tons of them. What are they exactly? Yeah, tell us all about playmats, yeah. Drew. Oh uh, well, the the standard playmat is like a, a giant mouse pad, a polyester cloth top, and then a rubber backing, uh, and you can either print them. Using dye sublimation, which is kind of my was kind of my day job for the past couple of years, was doing playmats for other people, and oh. then, or you could do drawings on them, marker sketches, which is right. probably what you're seeing RK Post do. You, you get a white That's one and you draw on it. Yeah. Huh. It's really neat. Interesting yeah. medium. It's a difficult surface to work on. Sometimes they're they're actually easier to draw on. I've found if they've been pressed. So mm-hmm. it can be worth even pressing just a few blank ones just to make drawing on them easier. Kind of seals the surface. Otherwise, it's really, really absorbent. Oh and, yeah. Uh, really so just maybe just a hand hard iron marker. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if a hand iron will do it. Not never, hard enough. I don't know. Mm. Or maybe not enough pressure. Mm. And these are uh, like for cards, right? Yeah, uh, card game players will will use them at the table to keep their cards clean or just to show off. Like, hey, look what a cool picture I have on my playmat. Oh yeah, no yeah. kidding. That's that's a pretty neat idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I have the equipment to do them and have been doing them for other people, kind of as a, a day job for the couple of years. So if you guys need any done, let me know. 
yeah. Well, like I, like I say, I mean, I, I've had now exactly one request for them. So, <laughs> so there's a hot demand for it, Pat. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Untapped wealth could be yours. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess if you get five thousand dollars for that play, Matt, you're set. <laughs> compared to before and now, I, I have infinity more requests. Yes. <laughs> 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 oh, that's cool. Different outlets, eh, for our creativity is always a neat yep. thing. I, I like that marketing, right? It's all, all in the marketing. Yeah, we were we were doing. Hmm. Do I tell this story? No, I don't think I will, actually. Sorry. Oh, damn. Oh. Oh. Incriminate somebody? Um, all right. It's mostly just myself, so sure, I'll tell it. Uh, we ah. had been making them of our, our magic artwork mm-hmm. because the magic uh, contract allowed for color reproductions, and one, they're in color, and two, they're not the original, so surely... Uh, that that means we are allowed to make those, and so we were allowed to make them. It turned out until they could no longer ignore them. Oh, <laughs> and it got to the point where an official world word was called for, and word came down: no, those are not prints; those are merchandise. Stop now! Don't oh. do it anymore. Oh well, that was nice while it lasted. It is Sorry. a gray area, though, isn't it? I yes, mean, yeah. but if I push the gray area, the next contract comes down where you're not allowed to sell prints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to be the guy who made that happen. Yeah. Sure. Then, then, you'll, then people will always talk about you. Yeah. Like, Drew, I can't believe you ruined everything for everybody. Play well with others. Back in 2012, it was Drew, Drew Baker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That Drew yeah, Baker. Yeah. Life, that yeah. life used to be Mr. pretty gravy Rich. train until that Drew character came along. Wasn't the folks? <laughs> yeah. We all had it good until. Drew came along. Oh, yeah. See, everyone still talks about Bernie Madoff. (laughs) (laughs) I've been desperately trying to get a link to Bob Liefeld, but... (laughs) No, don't you do I I can't. Go ahead. Oh, man. So, how about them Cubs? How about them Cubs? So, I'm trying to add a couple more... Do you guys really want to talk about Rob? Go ahead. About what? I don't care. If you uh, want to talk about no, life, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> the Cubs? Are you kidding? They're terrible. No. <laughs> I grew up as a Cubs fan, so I've been used to disappointment my whole life. Uh, <laughs> it's, all built, it's all built character, Drew. It's all built character. That's why I don't follow professional sports. Disappointment all the time. Yeah. What? I have the Canucks to root for, and man, that can, well, you know what the riots were all about, right? Uh... Were the riots about them losing to the Bruins, or? Yeah, whoever I can. Oh, I I don't know what they were about. Was I was just really sorely disappointed. Oh well, no, because they went in seven and they lost, and then Vancouver just erupts in chaos. No, I don't need that crap. That's no. Yeah, I still can't imagine Canadians erupting in chaos. That's such a bizarre <laughs> thought. I tell you, you know, you start looking at uh, any hard, that bad for hockey. The most polite rioters you've ever seen. <laughs> nah, I wish. I really wish. <laughs> it's an embarrassment. I mean, it's a, you know, on, on the world stage, it's a massive embarrassment. Yeah. Oh, wow. Don't worry. We'll take <laughs> the spotlight us... off you quickly. Yes. Yeah. Let, let us never speak of it again. <laughs> speak of what? No idea. Yeah, well, I, movies, I, guys, you guys want to talk movies or? 
Oh yeah! Hey, movies. We we were gonna discuss uh, movies we've seen because, uh, as we justified it to ourselves, it does have a, a tangential. Uh, because we saw them only as reference. Exactly. And we're writing them off on our taxes for such. That's right. Exactly, and uh, we we have to keep getting all these uh, visual and storytelling uh, references, or yeah. else we're going to fall behind the time. And mine was uh, actually part of a business meeting, and the other ah, guy took it as an expense. Very good, because because yeah. all of us do take that off on our taxes, except Jeremy, who just heard about this from us. <laughs> it never really occurred to me to write off my movie-going expenses. This is the, uh, I'm I think totally getting I audited if I ever do that. Uh, I think the first time I did it, it was a Harry Potter movie, and I was very careful in my next project to put a cape that a character had worn in the Harry Potter movie. So I had evidence. No, 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 I got this from the Harry Potter film. What's that? You might want to edit this whole part out because next thing you know, we're all going to get audited. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think it's a gray area at all. It's, it's no. absolute uh, important reference to stay abreast of all these uh, visual styles going on and especially when it's related with science fiction fantasy comics that sort of thing i, I find it very important to have to know what alan rickman would look like in a cape <laughs> or uh, <laughs> point, just a prometheus which really pushes the boundaries of visuals it's a beautiful movie yeah oh it's i i found it to be uh i think it worked on Every single, I think it fired on every cylinder myself. I, I, I guess I understand what all the uh, the criticisms are about, but I honestly think that there is a deeper story here that's worth pursuing. I, don't, I think a lot of people were just expecting another aliens or alien movie, and which isn't admittedly very deep. But this one, I don't know. I think Scott and uh, Lindenoff, yeah, is that the screen name, the Lost Guy. That sounds right. He, he, yeah, they. Uh, I think they've crafted quite an interesting tale, and I'm just. I can't wait to to see more of it in a, in a sequel. Yeah, and I'm. I'm a little on the other side in the movie. I think. Yeah. I, I'm on the other side because I think a lot of people who really loved the movie think that people like myself who were disappointed in the movie didn't understand all of the subtleties and the nuance and just wanted another Aliens movie. But that's not it at all. <laughs> I just, I Did I say that? <laughs> no, I, no, no, a lot of people do. I mean, I'm hearing that Actually, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and you sort of said it, but in a nicer way. Um, <laughs> I, I just thought it was a badly written movie. The characters are horrible. The characters are just plot hammers to get the plot to go places it's supposed to go. Nobody made any sense as a character. And and I love that, that it was deep and I love that it set up mysteries and didn't answer everything. Uh, and I, and yeah. I really like the complexity. I just thought the characters were lazy, no. lazy writing. I, <laughs> I definitely, yeah, as I was saying, I acknowledge that. Yeah, it was sort of a little stilted. Uh, what's her name though? Uh, Naomi Rapace? Is that Rapace? Is that how you say yes, that name? I think so. She was brilliant. She was. She was. Was that the young lady? Was that the girl she carried the dragon tattoo uh, actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. She was. Uh, she was stellar, and uh, of course, Michael Fassbender was brilliant. Michael. Michael Fassbender was the high point of the movie for me. He yeah, played. Yeah, he was basically sold the movie. He he played the uh, the robot. Of course, every alien movie needs a. He'd say, uh, possibly evil android. 
No spoilers here, I folks. A little interesting right? tidbit uh, about the androids and the alien mm-hmm. movies. Somebody pointed out on a forum, uh, they are, they're all uh, in alphabetical order from beginning to this point. There's Ash, uh, Bishop, Bishop again, Cole was Women Rider in the Alien Resurrection, and David in <laughs> ABCD. <laughs> I don't know wow. if that's intentional or not, but I think that's interesting. <laughs> if, it, if it wasn't, they probably did it in this one. Just they said, hey, anyone notice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do D. Uh, yeah, I, I would yeah. say my, my, uh, my, review, my, my short review is uh, see it quickly while it's in theaters. Uh, <laughs> quickly. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because I personally – didn't find anything in it that would be worth renting, but it is definitely worth seeing in the theater because it's absolutely beautiful I, and awe-inspiring. Yeah, I would agree with that 100. percent But I bet that Ridley Scott puts out a director's cut with like 40 extra minutes in it, and I would kill to see that. Yes, that that I, I, I hey I I didn't like the characters and I didn't like the writing, but. A, I would see the director's cut, and B, I would yeah. want to see a yeah. sequel. No, so, you can't. Yeah, at this you, point, it's harder to save the uh, any you know the, the director or the actor's performances. It's done. It's a moot point. So that's always going to be there. But as uh, yeah, as disappointed as I was in this, I'd rather see a hundred of these than one more Battleship. Oh, <laughs> I, how was Battleship? Uh, Don't ever see it. Okay, I didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see it, Patrick? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, then I will. I will take your words as as experience to learn from, rather than stilted, yeah, or jaded uh, commentary. Well, like I said, I've seen more movies. I think I've seen like five, six, seven. Wow, I have seen oh, so many oh. movies this year. It's been crazy, but I, but they've mostly been great. I saw uh, Prometheus, yeah. and I saw uh, Cabin in the Woods, which was oh. spectacular. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I did go with that one. Yeah. And uh, that, that was another was Joss, Whedon, Joss Whedon joint. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Avengers, of course, Joss Whedon. And uh, yeah, so I've I've seen a number of really great movies this year, and a couple others. And uh, so it's yeah, not a not a bad year for movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Avengers. Now there's the whole other end of the spectrum from Prometheus. Can I just uh, I just want to make some artistic comments on Prometheus, and then we'll let it go. Oh, oh please, please do. I, I thought it was brilliant the way they incorporated Giger's uh, design elements from the first one and brought it into this new one. Mm-hmm. So particularly with the engineer character at the end, I was just blown away at how well that was done. Um, the, the aesthetics, the whole uh, the, the the pilot chair, I guess, is what we you know the space jockey scene in the first one, the famous scene there, is recreated quite nicely in this last one. You know, the way they brought that whole aesthetic into this one, was I thought it was great. And I was almost expanded upon in some respects. And critical storyline, I felt. Although not to give anything away, uh, it's not the same space jockey. So that's, in fact, that, yeah, that's yeah. important to say because you can't really figure it out in the context of the movie. You have to sort of read yeah, the interviews the outside of the movie. Yeah, you really need to watch this movie closely. But I just, the brilliant uh, aesthetics, uh, you know, he's still, that guy, his design aesthetic, still very, very nice stuff. Uh, it was well done. 
Well, and, and from what I've read, uh, Ridley Scott does a lot of storyboards on his own. He, he's, he appreciates good artists and brings them on board, but he's also got uh, a lot of artistic skill himself. So he, uh, he can really drive... Yeah, actually, a lot like James Cameron that way. Uh, Cameron is also a really good artist. Mm-hmm. But anyway, hmm. that's. I just wanted to say, you know, in case anybody hasn't seen Prometheus yet, and they're interested in H.R. Giger's work, you know, wondering if it's still there. Oh yeah, it's still there in spades. It's it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You guys don't mind if I quote my favorite line from the Avengers? Oh, <laughs> no? okay. Puny god. <laughs> so yeah, moving to the Avengers. That wasn't totally. two Looney Tunes a moment, was it? Yeah, it was a great one. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's a totally different movie. I mean, it's uh, so the Avengers had a had a great look, but it was a a cartoon comic book world look, and it had uh, had really good storytelling, and it didn't it didn't really aspire to be anything deep or great, other than just a rousing, wonderful uh, summer action movie. And I thought it succeeded yeah. on every level there. Well, in contrast to Prometheus, yeah, the characters were perfectly handled in the Avengers. You know, every letter, yeah. letter, no perfect. Every every single character was interesting. Yeah. yeah, that that was amazing, and they all had you know one or two moments to just let the character shine, which is what you need in an action cartoon movie, comic yeah. book movie. It, uh, yeah, I, uh, I I thought. I, I've never seen a comic book movie succeed on every level like like the Avengers did. Yeah, yeah just start to finish. Oh yeah, uh, it was it was wild. I would say that uh, X Men First Class was close, but not yeah, this one. I have to admit, I haven't seen that. I, I do hear a lot of good things about First yeah, Class. Yeah, it's a very good movie. Yeah, I think I've seen about half of it. First Class. Yeah. The good half or the bad half? I don't know. The first half. <laughs> I love it when they make the acquaintance of uh, Logan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a very brief it's a very brief scene. <laughs> Typical Canadian, eh? Oh yeah. So oh yeah. Did you so yeah, the Avengers was Yeah, yeah, the Avengers was really uh for me, because I do a lot of uh uh, comics work, uh, the visual storytelling was really um, inspiring. And the fact that uh, Whedon, obviously Whedon's got to be the uh, instigator of all this, but whoever was editing and, uh, you know, his, his team editing yeah. uh, just oh, yeah. had such a way of making the action sequences tell a story. And we can compare that to something like, say, uh, Transformers, where very similar action sequences in the middle of cities with things blowing up and, you know, lots of hitting and yelling and running. But <laughs> you have no idea what the heck's going on in, in Transformers. But in Avengers and these big action sequences, it was so beautifully choreographed. You know, the, the action would go from one side of the screen to the other. And sometimes you were following multiple characters uh, you know, there'd be this character would go over here, and now you're following this character to over here, and this character. It was just, it, it was like a ballet. It was a thing to behold. I mean, there, there isn't any great higher aspiration of art in an action movie, obviously, but as good as it could possibly get, the Avengers got. Yeah, that's yeah. that's my thought on that one. 
Oh, I think, yeah. I think you nailed it. Yeah. They struck the right tone. My favorite, uh, my single favorite scene was almost like a throwaway scene, but it was so, uh, um, uh, such an homage to the to the comics and this character in particular was the and Thor and Hulk fighting in the helicarrier, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Thor. I think Thor gets he gets punched in the head or something. He goes flying back and sticks his arm out, waiting for Jolner to come. And it takes about a minute, and you hear nothing. You hear nothing, and all of a sudden you hear this bang. You know, it's off in the distance. Bang, bang, crash, crash, and then the comes flying into his hands. I thought that, that was. Just perfect. Oh man, I just want to cheer at that because it was so well done. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anyone had ever thought of that in the comics. I sure never saw a scene like that, but it was brilliant. Yeah. Well, see, you know, we've all seen it in the comic where you know, he puts his own. But, puts his hand out and, and then they... comes, Yeah, but the yeah. fact that he's in a helicarrier and this thing is you know, sitting somewhere and oh, the arm's out, I gotta go. <laughs> and this is like an A to B, right? A from where it is, B straight to his arm, right? It's just really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. I should have four Hulk. That was pretty good. That was really well done. Yeah. Oh, and then the sort of ending to it later on. You know, obviously yeah, spoilers right. <laughs> everywhere here. Uh, yeah, when uh, Hulk. Oh, when there's Dex Thor out of the grins. You know, I have to. I have to say, I enjoyed uh, Coulson's role in the film. In that uh, he's constant, he's kind of just kind of, um, shadowing Captain America, seeking an autograph for his collectible cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder how many card artists ever feel, <laughs> ever uh, feel that way, like they've been cornered for, or any anybody like who was famous ever felt like that kind of uh, cornering, and how many of us have felt like Coulson doing that cornering, you know, <laughs> requesting it. Yeah. 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 Oh, I I, I remember. Uh... Uh, making uh, George R. R. Martin sign the sign my uh, Game of Thrones cards that I'd painted. <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> he was he was very gracious. He <laughs> <laughs> was big, like he really uh, he was quite endorsing that, wasn't he? Like he was quite excited about that. I seen Paul. Yeah, yeah, he game. was. He he was. Yeah, he was quite enthused about the whole thing. Well, he actually uh, had he actually approved every card, at least the first few sets. I know. Oh, I'm sorry. They, they all went past him, so that was oh, kind of neat. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, he was really involved in that. He must have totally pencil whipped mind throw. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it looks like yeah, okay, that guy's got a beard. That's Saturn that Stark. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let's see. Other uh, uh, longest run movies and longest run movies, and we mentioned it real quickly. I should uh, I should tell everybody if if you didn't even hear about Cabin in the Woods or had no idea what it was, or were under the mistaken impression that the uh, that the advertisements gave away the twist in the ad, you are so wrong. Gosh, that was a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> storytelling there, hey, it's pretty good. Yes, it was. It was as deconstructionist as you can get, and and yet in a good way. It's it's oh, yeah. just funny and fast and and brilliant. If you've ever liked anything Joss Whedon has done before, you will enjoy Cabin in the Woods. So I was I was quite surprised that the the direction you went at the very end is like what? Yeah. <laughs> Holy! Smokes, I never was wasn't expecting this. 
Yeah. yeah. We, we should definitely do no spoilers for Cabin in the Woods since no. hardly anyone saw it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But you should. <laughs> Spoil Avengers all you want. Yeah. Exactly. You <laughs> can assume everyone saw it. Yeah. At this point, everyone's seen it. <laughs> it's like spoiling sure. a Transformers movie. Seriously, let me bring that up, Brave. It really is nothing too new in the Avengers, but as far as the story goes. Except the big, big reveal, post-credit, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, post-credits in the Avengers, yes. That was, a, yeah. that was actually a reveal that was well worth saving to the we, end. Yeah. <laughs> thought you were going to say it was worth sitting through the movie for. Yeah. <laughs> well, Finally, something worth watching. <laughs> I guess if you had to wait for something. <laughs> and, you it know, they did, they did that uh, very last credits thing was actually yeah. filmed after the movie was released uh, overseas. So the folks in Europe didn't get, get, didn't get to see them sitting around eating shawarma. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I did not I did not see that scene. I feel oh. bad now. I, I don't for you. I that's don't think I saw scene. that. There you go. I gotta go and sit through the whole movie again just to get to the credits. Yeah, yes, that's and the they... excuse you'll give. <laughs> What's that? That's the excuse you'll give. Of course. Oh, I have to go see it again. Honey, yeah. we gotta go spend like another twenty two bucks. This time save the receipt. <laughs> 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 Yeah, they're just sitting there eating in a in a built in a, uh, a wrecked uh, restaurant where the the staff is sort of cleaning up the restaurant and the Avengers are all sitting around eating their shawarma and uh, not saying anything. They're just yeah, tired. Almost gets uncomfortable after a while. It's a really protracted scene. <laughs> you can watch the Avengers eat. <laughs> Was it like a scene out of Family Guy where it's just like just a few seconds beyond being uh, comfortable? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I was on for a couple minutes. Well, it felt that way anyway. My question mark is: Did they did they have to pay for that shawarma after the day they had? You know, I'll bet they didn't have to. But knowing Tony Stark, he probably gave up some money. They probably did. (laughs) Captain America probably insisted on it. So. Yeah. Good point. Well, yes, have we I gotten to the end of another episode. I think I think we've gotten as far as most listeners will tolerate. <laughs> and uh, what's that? Probably farther. So we hope we've made yet another lonely night in the studio a little easier. That's right. <laughs> or another another evening trying to get to sleep a little easier. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, now's the time where you peel your head off the keyboard, <laughs> rub your face until you can feel something. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, <laughs> because it has finally ended, after all this, please. I, I do want to share one, one brief anecdote on, in, as we depart. You ever have one of those instance, instances where you think you've gotten everything ready for a show, and everything's packed, it's good to go, you're going to be out the door... And uh, you get down to your car, your keys are in hand, only to realize that the rear window of your vehicle has been smashed out. Oh, my. Oh, no. no. Can't say that. That was, that was me. Uh, that was a 
It, it was uh, I, I, we, my wife and I heard a sound a little after midnight the previous night. We thought nothing of it. I looked outside. I looked at my van from the it was on the street and I couldn't see anything. So no, nobody's messing with our car. So I um, go back to sleep. Wake up the next morning. Go downstairs to find that kids had basically taken out about twenty cars in the area with a pellet gun. Goodness. So that that was oh, just geez. finally repaired today, after a, a good week or more. Well, at least nothing was stolen. Yeah, I was thinking, God, that these kids were not you know, also thieves because I had a bunch of paintings in the car. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were going to do the thing. You get everything packed, you know, everything's you know perfectly in place, and and you know you're you're like running out at the last minute, and you get to the convention and you're not wearing any pants. No, that's that's, that's never really <laughs> that happened to me. But that's happened so many times. Yeah. That would be a new one on me. I did once. Uh, I did once show up for an event. Uh, it was not a convention. It was an unrelated thing. I did show up for an event uh, a week early. <laughs> once, and I was the guy bringing the pizza. So uh, you know, I had a whole oh, wow. lot of pizza. Um, <clears throat> Funny. <laughs> nice. Nothing wrong with being on time. Yeah. Nope. Nope. If not timely. Okay, my last guys. trip. My last trip. I had my list of things I needed to take, and I it was written in my notebook that I put in the wrong place. So not only did I not bring everything on the list, I didn't even bring the list. I didn't bring my notebook. <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I I do want to share something cool from the net. Um, and I know Patrick has something to share that was cool from the net. The uh, the P. Craig Russell thing, right? But um, Cynthia Shepard's uh, article, Lessons from the 2012 Illustration Masterclass, I thought was a really interesting summation on her experience. <laughs> Unlike mine, hers is useful. Well, you know, I think you're, you're in a different place, Joe. You're in a different place than Cynthia. You know, she, she's, she walked away with uh, certain points that I think folks would enjoy reading if you she's don't already follow her on Facebook. What's that? She's young and lively. Young and lively. You go to Shepherd Arts, or shepherd-artsblogspot.com, and uh, she has an interesting article. I think that's be that's worth sharing. And uh, Patrick, you had a uh, you found something on the net. Oh yeah, uh, actually, uh, comic book uh, artist uh, extraordinaire uh, P. Craig Russell has done a series of videos on graphic storytelling where he's basically taking uh, pages that he's done in the past and he uh, talks about his pro thought processes and laying the page out uh, from uh, you know storytelling to symbolism to act action you know how, how a, a particular panel will lead to another panel or things such as uh, uh, parallel narrative where the words are saying one thing and the artist saying another thing just just lots of really great uh, insight into that so uh I he did, did it he did it with a kickstarter project where he basically raised the money and then the uh, the videos are free online and because the kickstarter got to where he wanted to be now you can pay extra and get extra um stuff on a dvd that he's offering uh, that you, you can uh, actually pay him a little money and get a lot of extra stuff, but basically you're getting how much uh, about an hour of free content online. So we should uh, include a, a link to that in the show notes. Yeah, it's um, 
go to Craig Russell's site yeah. and find it. com, and I'll, mm-hmm. we can put that in the show notes along with Cynthia's link. Good stuff. Very cool. Yeah. And again, uh, totally free, which is, is incredible. All right. No, I guess we can, we'll, we'll bring it all together now, and I will say thank you, guys. Thank you, Drew. Oh, you're welcome. Glad to be here. Thanks very much. At DrewBaker.com. Well, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will pimp for you, man. Okay. Eric Lofgren. Uh, that's me, Eric, at EricLofgren.net. Patrick McAvoy. And I'm at megaflowgraphics.com, and also find me on uh, Facebook. Yeah, and just I, look up Patrick McAvoy or something. I don't know. Yeah, you'll find him. He, yeah. The internet is filthy with him. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Jeremy McHugh, and I can be found at McHughStudios.com. And once again, we are proud members of the Visual Artist Podcast Network. And I must request that we cue the musication. Done. Sing. Okay. Sing. Sing my monkeys! Are we still doing Born on the Mountain? No, it's uh, Kieran's, uh, mm-hmm. Kieran's song now. Telling you I was the king of Spain. Now I need humble pie. <laughs>